The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into the Illini Choir Podcast Live Pod. It's Joy Wagner and I, Jeremy Warner, Illini Choir Publisher, are live at State Farm Center. Derek Piper got home uh, to put Cade down to sleep. Uh, and then we but we have a lot to talk about tonight, boys, on the Selection Sunday night because we have two Illinois teams in the NCAA tournament. Um, but we just met up with both coaches, Brad Underwood and Shauna Green, and I think there's some chippiness involved with both of them um, about their teams going into this, one for one reason, one for the other reason. But Illinois men, they draw the nine seed in the West region, but they're staying close to home. They'll play De- they'll play in Des Moines against number eight seed Arkansas at 3.30 Central Time on Thursday. Uh, but the night before, the Illinois women will play in the NCAA tournament. They were excited about that, but they also were a little miffed that they got the play-in game, the first four. They'll play in South Bend on Wednesday night against number 11 seed Mississippi State. So a lot to react to. We're going to get some insight on Arkansas from Curtis Wilkerson of 24-7 Sports. He covers Arkansas at some point uh, on this pod around 8.30. He's going to join us uh, if you're on the live YouTube channel. But Derek Piper, your reaction to Illinois men's basketball's draw immediately. Yeah, we wondered here after losing to Penn State whether they would draw a 10 seed and possibly slide there. And I think we all were looking around. We saw Sacramento, Missouri pop up at the seven and say, hey, Bragging Rides part two. Uh, that ultimately didn't happen. Uh, we obviously, yeah, the eight nines were on high alert. And uh, I've been wanting to go to Des Moines. Um, Selfish reasons. Uh, it's partially because you know Joey's talking about this burger joint that's got like cheese curds for a, a bun and everything. But uh, yeah, I mean this Illini team, 
we, we've talked all about it after Penn State and just kind of the recent stretch of basketball. Don't inspire a ton of confidence with their recent play. Uh, they are carried in here by those huge marquee wins against Texas and UCLA, which show the upside. And they're going to have to rechannel that because you get a really talented Arkansas team, kind of similar to Illinois in that a bunch of talent have some some youth, especially for Arkansas at guard and haven't found their consistent footing all year long. Now, some of that's been injuries when you had Nick Smith Jr., the top prospect in 24-7 uh, for the 22 class, missed most of the season. He came back mid-February, uh, but he's been available down the stretch. Uh, they lost a key transfer in, in Trayvon Brazil, uh, familiar, uh, those that saw him in bragging rights with Missouri last year. But it's a really athletic Arkansas team. That will play fast. Don't shoot the three all that well. I think Atlanta fans will probably like that if you're trying to find reasons to be encouraged is that they're not probably going to outbomb you from three. And and I think Illinois' defense has had some issues when they get spread out like they, like Penn State can do and some of these other teams. And then Kansas, if you were to win that, assuming Kansas is not going to get taken down by Howard and join that elite company <laughs> of uh, Virginia from, yes, you know, a couple – years ago by losing to UMKC so uh or UMBC you know whatever you want to call it but I'm all for tipping it up on what would that be Saturday Illinois Kansas Bill Self against the Illini see what happens it's not a it's not an easy path by any means I I think that as far as the eight goes talent wise this is as good as it gets as far as you know what a talented group looks like with Eric Musselman and this is a coach that Knows how to win in the NCAA tournament. He's taking them to back-to-back Elite Eights. But uh, Illinois, we've seen them when they are playing their best basketball, capable of beating Arkansas and capable of giving Kansas a run for their money. But uh, it won't be easy. Yeah. Uh, Des Moines and South Bend is good for the Illini Enquirer travel budget for for people who care about that. That would, that would be me. Um, but Joey Wagner, um, I, I do think – this is a really tough draw because Arkansas is is one of the more talented teams in the country. Two lottery picks likely on this team, uh, but that's what happens when you're the last nine seed. I believe Illinois was on the seed line, uh, and then drawing Kansas, never easy. Um, but Illinois kind of played itself into that, playing a number one seed in the second uh, game if they get that far. But the other side is, if you do win this weekend, if you get through this weekend, you'll make people forget about the rest of the year. I just I really have my doubts of whether they can actually do that. Yeah, that's, that's a, a nice thought for you to have, Jeremy, because that, that, I mean, it's just a tough draw. I don't think anyone would go in there projecting. But the other side, like, that's kind of a tough draw for Kansas, too. Like, when you look down for Kansas to make runs, not Illinois specifically, but, I mean, just look at what they would need to go through. Uh, it's, just, it's a fine West region there. You kind of popular Final Four pick, yeah. Yeah, and yet UCLA in the mix. Uh, the three is Gonzaga. That's it's kind of a, a power – region over there but arkansas and piper's much smarter man and will get some insight uh coming up like it feels like recently they've kind of profiled similarly to illinois in terms of maybe finishing down the stretch uh, obviously nick smith is kind of like the great equal like the, the difference maker there right like he's a he's a stud uh, but it's been kind of a you follow arkansas has been kind of an underwhelming year i think it's fair to say for arkansas like it just feels like they're kind of looking in the mirror at one another there, which I think that's a fascinating element to it. And of course, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Bill Self coaches Kansas. That, that, that'll probably come up at some point if Illinois gets out of Thursday. 
Yeah, and I mean, we'll be in Des Moines. Bill Self's going to be a big topic of conversation. Had the health issue, health scare here recently. So hopefully we do see him um, there. But the other part of this is these are three fan bases that travel. Man, Kansas right down the road, Illinois not too far, and Arkansas's fan base. I found it out in Kansas City last year, guys. Um, I know it's an SEC school, but they support every program. It's kind of Nebraska-like, uh, but they're, they're crazy about their basketball, too. And uh, a lot of people on the must bus, given their recent NCAA tournament success, as you've mentioned, Derek. Um, but I do think these are two teams that are pretty similar and that they're built with transfers, but maybe haven't lived up to the, the preseason hype, Derek. Yeah, I know you go back to transfer rankings as far as nationally, and you'd find Arkansas high up there. They obviously made a, a number of additions in the portal. Uh, Ricky Council, the fourth, has led them in scoring this year. He's very athletic wing from Wichita State. He's been a hit for them. Brazil, a very talented player, would have been a, a high-impact guy for them too. They brought in the the Mitchell twins that were once with Mark Turgeon there at Maryland and, and provide some – rebounding and shot blocking on the inside. And then they went out and got the second rated recruiting class in the country with Nick Smith, Anthony Black, both guys projected in ESPN's top 10 for the NBA draft going into the summer. And also they had another guy uh, whose name escapes me right now, but who was also, they had three McDonald's All-Americans. So uh, they kind of, they, they pieced it together similarly to Illinois and the Illinois had to go out in the portal, make some big splashes. They had to go, uh, with the recruiting class and rely on them. Uh, Arkansas has more next-level talent. Like, we talk about Illinois with Coleman Hawkins, Terrence Shannon, Matthew Meyer, guys that could stick in the NBA. And some, uh, you know, Shannon and Hawkins in particular projected right now to be second-round draft picks. But Black and uh, Nick Smith right now are, are top 10 lottery-type guys. But you're kind of trading some experience on the Illinois side for with uh, – on, on the Arkansas, maybe a little bit – higher higher ceiling type, at least in terms of their their next level potential. But it's a really athletic team. Like you said, both came in thought to be if they click, they could be one of the best teams in the country. Both have had their roller coasters for you know a variety of reasons. Even Brad mentioned today that, hey, we've had some injuries too. And obviously that's been part of the story at Arkansas. But yeah, Arkansas is coming in here having lost four or five. And they've been – a little bit of a Jacqueline Hyde team, which is going to sound really familiar. I mean, uh, they almost won at Alabama down the stretch of the regular season, turned around and got smacked on the road by Tennessee, and they hosted Kentucky and lost, and then they went uh, one and one in the SEC tournament. So uh, they're feeling like their best basketball is hopefully ahead of them, as Illinois is too. Yeah, both these teams kind of hoping to turn around uh, recent things. What do you got, Joey? I just if, if you look at per Ken Palm. Arkansas is like 290, I just had it pulled up, in, in Division One experience. Uh, it's 263, 1.53 years. We've heard Brad Underwood talk about the age of his team. It's 1.35, and that's 293 for Illinois. If you go back and look at some of those losses, I kind of started exploring it the other day. Illinois struggled with those older teams. It's like I, I just think there's a lot of like parallels uh, in this match. This is a really fascinating matchup. Yeah, it's a really fun one with multiple pros. Um, I mean, we're talking about Anthony Black and Nick Smith as his potential lottery picks, Terrence Shannon, Coleman Hawkins, and, and Matthew Meyer potentially as NBA players. Uh, it's pretty loaded, 8-9 eight, eight, matchup, but that's what 8-9 matchups usually are, are, some talented teams from power conferences that maybe don't live up to expectations or have a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde to them. Um, Brad, this wasn't a celebration for Illinois men's basketball today. They were not here in front of us like the women were today um, as they were last couple of years when Illinois made an NCAA tournament. Obviously one is a one seed on the 
Big Ten tournament floor. Uh, but then last year they were here in front of all of us as they celebrated a four seed uh, after winning a Big Ten championship. It was a little bit more muted. Um, but Brad Underwood did come out and say, we need to – we can't take this for granted. And I thought Terrence Shannon um, kind of was a, a leadership statement saying – now we got to go prove ourselves. You know, people are doubting us. We just heard Jay Wright, who watched some of our games at the Big Ten tournament. Um, he just said, I'm, I'm picking Arkansas. So maybe, maybe they can use that. But, Joey, what would you take away from, from the presser with Brad and Terrence and Coleman? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. This wasn't some arrival moment or look at us. You know, that Brad Underwood, and I know we'll get into this with Shauna Green, Jeremy, but Brad Underwood does a good job uh, either – finding chips on shoulders or placing them or, or finding a way creating to un- them create he create creates them and i think this like that jay wright thing that feels like it's just gonna it's gonna be blasted through up and i don't know if it's gonna matter they, did, like, it with, they if, did it with seth davis last year too picking here yeah they, they find a way I, i'm with you though i thought it was interesting that they weren't here and like that's not you know someone might hear that and say oh who cares but like and it's not a big deal in the big picture i thought it was it was different than it was last year, right? And like, that's interesting when it's different. Uh, they were across the street at Dobbin, Brad, Terrence Shannon, and Coleman Hawkins came over for a press conference. It just, I don't know, it's hard to really put, I'm curious what you guys think. It's hard for me to put my finger on what felt weird uh, about that. No, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain. Yeah, Derek, I think it's because they aren't playing very well right now, even though Brad tried to pitch that they're playing well. Um, you know, I, they, Penn State had a heck of a weekend. Penn State's got Illinois' number. But as we've kept saying, like they don't have a win away from home against a, a good team here recently, a quad one opponent. And, and Arkansas on a, on a neutral four is a quad one opponent. For sure, yeah. And they do got to be able to get this thing going. Like you mentioned, they haven't won a quad one game since Texas. It's been more than three months. And we do go back to those wins a lot. And they are the reference points of what – this team is capable of in addition to like the second half against Purdue or even the second half at home against Northwestern. But yeah, I, I think that I, it was a little interesting that the team wasn't spotted up there. I think they knew that they weren't going to get one of the cutaway shots on CBS. So maybe right. you don't really have to, to post up for that. And um, maybe there's something more to it as far as maybe Brad wants to keep his guys hungry and not to feel like this is anywhere close to the, the destination. Um it's been interesting the messaging that's coming out of Brad. I feel like he's forcing a lot of positivity. Not to say that we should be all negative about, you know, a third straight NCAA tournament appearance and just a chance to get into this thing and, and see what how it ultimately shakes out. But uh, I, I think some of the ways that he's described how they're playing, like after Purdue, saying we're playing our best basketball or saying, hey, we played well enough to win against Penn State. Penn State's really good. They're a lot better than a lot of people give them credit for and maybe downplaying some of the issues that led to Illinois losing the game. I think it's about trying to keep the right – or just trying to keep his players upbeat and keep them loose. And he – even like the way that he responded to maybe some some pressure that Illinois might feel or just anything like that, he says let's – to use his line, you know, let's let our hair down and just go out there and play. And if we play well, we'll have another game and that type of deal. I don't know that that's – what the fan base wants to hear. I think that they want to be like, we got to get to the sweet 16 for this to be a success or this season was a failure. And I, I think that's fair. I, it's up for us to be able to, to have that narrative. I don't think that Brad would be doing himself a favor if he came out and said that today, but um, yeah, he, he's trying to keep things loose and positive and 
look for a guy that's had to try to push a bunch of different buttons this year. We'll see if it works or not. Um, I, I think Arkansas is a team that's obviously talented enough and a name type of program that's going to get Illinois up for that game. It's not going to be like, oh, Florida Atlantic, maybe we can just show up and beat them. I, and Illinois shouldn't be thinking about that anyway. But, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't some kind of big celebration moment. And they'll have that if they march out of Des Moines with a, a packed, you know, obviously beat Arkansas and then a would be a huge turnout of Kansas fans and Illinois fans. And if you take down your former coach, um, the celebration then will kind of be – all laid out for you if you're going to the Sweet 16 for the first time since 05. Yeah, as, as you kind of suggested to Brad, you get your chance to write your story. If you want to write an epic story, um, this could be a really memorable March if they win a couple games in a row here. Um, but again, there's just not a lot of confidence at this point, the way they're playing, but we've seen the spurts that they're capable of playing with. I do want to bring up, before we get Curtis Wilkerson to break down Arkansas, guys, uh, Joey, the, the women's, it was really unfortunate, ESPN, a producer accidentally unveiled the entire bracket um, before, you know, knocking off game by game. And we saw that Illinois was a playing game and everyone's kind of like, wait, wait, was that the real thing? Was that real? And then it came up and they're in the playing game, which is certainly a first four is, is a disappointment for, for Illinois yet they made the NCAA tournament for the first time in 20 years. So it was kind of a, a thing of mixed emotions that I think there was, they were ready for a huge celebration, but it was kind of muted because, the ESPN broadcast kind of had that flub. And then you're also in the first four instead of immediately in the NCAA tournament in the round of 64. So it's just kind of a unfortunate um, kind of night, but also pretty huge one for Shauna Green and her program. What, what a remarkable thing that they're in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, ESPN screwed up. And like if you're South Carolina, if you're Indiana, if you're Iowa, if you're, if you're these programs who like have been there in the last 20 years, you're probably like, oh, that sucks. But Okay, like it, it got released. I mean, that, that was kind of a moment uh, for Illinois to have their na- like have that first time on the screen name called. And that, that didn't happen. And then the the playing. I mean, that was just confusing. They were one of the last four teams in uh, in the NCAA tournament, and I don't think they expected that. To be honest with you, and, and Shauna Green said, "I will bring that up. That will be that will be a little bit of a rallying cry for them." They play on Wednesday night, Jeremy, in the first four in South Bend. Uh, but yeah, I just, it's kind of a, I, yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. On the other side of it, like, dude, this team, nobody thought this team was going to be in the NCAA tournament. And I, honestly, like, if, if you were to follow, like, if you were to ask nationally, how many people would have thought they'd be in next year's, right? Like, it's just, this is where this program was. Like, you can't lose sight of that either. Uh, you, can, you can quibble and, and squabble over, like, oh, is that, should they be in 11 seed? The answer, maybe not. Purdue was also one of the last four in which I think is interesting, but man, that's a really big thing. And they're, they're not going to have to do anything with South Carolina, uh, which is well, – that was something we thought, Jeremy, was maybe a possibility they get there in their second game if they got out of the first one, be against South Carolina. Now you got the play-in game to deal with, which I think it's pretty clear to me that they would rather not do that, but they are, and it's Mississippi State. And I, th- I think, you know, some buzz that, like, maybe Drake – like that, that's an interesting matchup. I, I Creighton, think if, Creighton, Creighton thank you, yes, yes. Yeah. If Illinois got out of that first four, like that's a that's an interesting matchup against Creighton. Uh, but man, get that, this is a heck of a turnaround. And, and yeah. I, the one thing I do want to point out from ESPN is when they announced Illinois, the real time, not when they put up the bracket uh, beforehand, <laughs> they said like Sean Green should be a candidate for the national coach of the year. Like 
that ran through and like they had a pretty good turnout here too yeah. they had some some fans in here um like i think that was kind of also a meaningful moment celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 month special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yeah, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that here coming up. But let's get some insight on Arkansas. Our guy, Curtis Wilkerson, uh, who covers Arkansas for 24-7 sports. Hog Sports does such a fantastic job with Trey Biddy and the crew over there. And Curtis is a part of it. So, Curtis, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm doing good. Appreciate it. And, and thanks for the kind words. I got to tell you, when I, I started Hog Sports three years ago, and I'm a basketball junkie, man. So I was like, okay, I, I got to see what these 24-7 guys are doing. I was checking some different sites. I love what you guys do. It's awesome content. So appreciate you guys. Well, and one thing I learned last year, Curtis, going to uh, Kansas City for the tournament with Arkansas there is, boy, those Razorbacks fans love their basketball too. It's not just football and baseball down there at Arkansas. Um, so with Kansas, Illinois, in Arkansas, I would imagine Des Moines is going to be a party city there. Oh, man, yeah, it's going to be absolutely crazy. I'm really looking forward to it. You're, you're right about Arkansas fans. I mean, it's the only show in town, the Razorbacks. You know, there's no there's no NFL, no NBA or anything like that around. Uh, so if you're looking for a sports fix, it's 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 college hoops, college football, and, and they love the Razorbacks. But, yeah, I think this is an awesome draw. You know, I was looking at it a while ago. I think there's only about an hour difference between – Fayetteville to Des Moines versus Champaign to Des Moines. So it, it should be just a, a really awesome, you know, well-attended game, cool environment. Obviously, Kansas is close. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a great pod for sure. It's kind of an open-ended question. I'll hand it over to my guy Derek here. Um, but, but, Curtis, what, what is the story of this Arkansas team? Um, Illinois and Arkansas seem to share some, some similarities. High, high expectations not quite met consistently this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's uncanny, really. You know, I've, I've got a really good friend who's a, just a diehard Illinois fan. He texted me after the bracket came out and he said, you know, uh, I can't really give you any insight as to which Illinois team you're going to face. It could be the best team in the country or it could be like Arkansas is getting a first round bye. And I said, likewise, man, it's the exact same thing. You know, this, this Arkansas team is really, really talented but they're also very young and, and very inconsistent. They've, they've been bitten by the injury bug. Uh, you know, they lost a, a, a really talented player in Trevin Brazil, uh, a stretch forward who they kind of built the roster around him and, and a freshman guard and Nick Smith Jr. who's the top overall uh, freshman prospect coming in. 
they do have Nick back. He missed the majority of the season in, in right knee management. So it's kind of a touch and go situation. Uh, it's, it's weird. You know, this is an Arkansas team that, you know, going into the NCAA tournament, they're still trying to figure out exactly who they are. They're kind of working on that identity, uh, trying to find chemistry, at, you know, really in crunch time with, with kind of a new look lineup. When you bring a guy like Nick Smith back in, he's an alpha guard, a high scoring mentality, and it changes everybody else's role. So uh, there's been some ups and downs since that's happened. They're, they're talented. They've proven capable of playing with anybody. They really struggle to finish games. So it, it, it has been an up and down year for the Hogs, maybe not meeting expectations. Uh, we'll see what happens. I don't really know what to expect. Inconsistent, struggling to finish games, <laughs> lack of three point shooting. <laughs> this sounds uh, really familiar. Uh, I gotta, um... <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you mentioned Nick Smith Jr. right there. Also, Anthony Black, two guys, top 10 projected picks on ESPN right now in the NBA mock draft. How have those guys meshed together so far? What's kind of been the idea for Musselman in, in terms of when they're operating at their best, how they can play off each other and what matchups they present for the opponent? Yeah, it, it, it's been touch and go with those two guys. In theory, it should really work because, you know, Nick Smith, like I said, he, he's kind of the alpha guard. He's the closer. When you need a bucket, he's the guy that can get the ball and, and create it for you and make it happen. Um, Anthony Black, you know, he's so talented, but it's interesting, you know, to, to be a five-star guy, a projected lottery pick, most of those guys are kind of wired to score. Uh, but I think he would prefer to defer a little bit and, and kind of operate as a distributor. He's got a really unique positional link. You know, he's a six, seven, six, eight point guard, uh, you know, great lengthy defender. He likes to get downhill, but he's got great court vision, man. He's one of those guys that kind of, kind of see things, you know, a pass or two ahead and, and kind of pass guys open. So he's at his best as a distributor. So when you get a scoring guard like Nick Smith back in there into the fold, uh, those guys should really be able to play well off of each other. And you see stretches where that happens and it looks great. And then you see other times where I think they're still kind of trying to figure each other out a little bit. Who's going to bring the ball up the floor this time? Who's going to initiate the next possession? And it gets a little bit clunky and, and Arkansas is prone uh, to getting stagnant and they go on these scoring droughts that really is cost them in some of these close games. But when they're playing fast and in the open floor, they look really good. What have you seen from them defensively? I know they've been able to turn some people over. Uh, don't have maybe that traditional plotting five man, but neither is Illinois. So probably don't have to worry about that. Dane Danger can score it on the on the block, but what do you think about defensively what Arkansas has shown? You know, for most of the season, they kind of hung their hat on the defensive end of the floor. They're they're just I think the first thing that'll stand out about them is they're so long uh, and athletic, really across the board at at all five positions. They're they're five men. Uh, especially guys that play in the rotation, the Mitchell twins, they're pretty mobile. They can get out and guard a little bit, uh, but they've been great rim protectors. And, you know, so what this Arkansas team has really tried to do uh, is, is run teams off of the three-point line. They're really good at limiting opponents' three-point attempts. And they try to funnel everything into their rim protection. It's been a, it's been a method that's worked for them throughout the course of the season until we've kind of gotten down the stretch. And, and so Arkansas had a really tough three-game stretch to close the regular season uh, they were at Alabama, at Tennessee, and then they hosted Kentucky. Those are all big physical teams. And for the first time this season, Arkansas really struggled to handle that physicality, gave up a ton of points in the paint. It's kind of been the opposite of their identity. So uh, and we saw a little bit of that back and forth at the SEC tournament. So ideally, uh, this is Razorback team that that really, you know, kind of guards everything really at a high level inside the arc. Um but, man, we just don't know what to expect because the last few games has just been completely different than we've seen all year. Curtis, when this team is clicking, what makes the Razorbacks good? 
Yeah, they're, they're just so talented. You know, and I, I think that's what I always go back to. You know, it's the highest rated recruiting class in school history. Eric Musselman, they call me in Porter for the reason. You know, he really attacks the transfer portal. So uh, it's a deep team. They're big, long, and athletic. So when they're disrupted defensively and they're generating turnovers and getting out and playing in transition, when they play fast, they're really, really hard to beat. It's a team that dunks a lot of balls. They're, they're fun to watch, right? Uh, when this team is clicking, they're moving the ball, sharing the ball, and everybody's getting involved. And, and you know, it, it's kind of been a, an up and down thing from that standpoint with Arkansas because they do get into situations, like I said earlier, where they, they get into scoring droughts, uh, the ball sticks, and they really don't know where to go or what to do with it. Uh, and, that you know, when you're a team that struggles to shoot threes, uh, that can become problematic. So if they're at their best getting downhill and, and getting to the rim, usually Eric Musselman coach teams are great at drawing free throw attempts. They've been that way this season. They haven't been cashing in on them. They're below 70% when usually they're closer to 74, 75. And that's been the difference in a lot of games for them. Back-to-back elite eights for Eric Musselman. What makes him a great NCAA tournament coach? Because he has been that. <laughs> I think it goes to his background. You know, he, he coached so many years uh, in the NBA, the G League, professionally. Uh, and so he's used to that tournament setting in, in the terms of, you know, just a quick turnaround and being able to get a great prep in and a great scout in, uh, you know, in those quick turnarounds. So a Thursday, Saturday, that's nothing for him. You know, he's been able to go on the road uh, and play those back to backs and prep his team. Uh, and so I think that carries over. They kind of run their system in a, in a pro style because that's what he's used to and that's what he knows. Um, so when you get into those tournament settings, I think that's been beneficial uh, you know, for Arkansas, he, they really go above and beyond the staff does in terms of preparation. Uh, it, it's unique. It's high detail. It's intense. Uh, but it's, it's been something that's worked for them throughout the course of the, you know, the last couple of years. It's been interesting to watch this team uh, because they've been a little bit more reliant on young guys and freshmen. And it's a big step going from high school uh, to more of a pro style system. And I think we've seen, you know, the effects of that throughout the course of the year. Curtis, what's been the process for them? to work Nick Smith back in uh, what's kind of worked and what hasn't worked as they've tried to figure that out. Well, it, it, it didn't work at all. When, when he first came back, it was really interesting. You were kind of wondering like, what's that dynamic going to look like? Because Arkansas had rattled off five SEC wins in a row. They just won by 15 at Rupp arena beat Kentucky. Things were really rolling. And then he gets cleared to come back. And so I think it was uh, just trying to kind of find their spots early on. You know, when, when can we get them in? When's a good time? Uh, it's, it's a tight game. Let's roll with the guys that have got us here. And it was just kind of weird and, and clunky for the first couple games. They lost at home to Mississippi State. They went on the road and lost a close one at, at, at uh, Texas A&M. Uh, and the minutes were uneven. The rotations were a little bit off. We kind of ripped the Band-Aid off after that and said, you know what? Nick Smith is going to be one of our guys. We're going to start him. We're going to roll with him. We're going to let him play. And we're just going to let these guys kind of figure it out. Good for them that they had, you know, home games against Georgia and, and Florida without Colin Castleton, uh, that they could do that. And so they were able to develop some chemistry from that standpoint. And since then, you know, he's been a key cog in the lineup, 30 plus minutes per game. Uh, and, and it's kind of a fixture there at that off guard spot for Arkansas. Curtis, is there a, you mentioned the variance of performances and, and what you're going to get on a given night. Is there a telltale sign of when things aren't going well for them for Illinois? It's like, chucking threes and maybe don't have energy early. They dug themselves in some early holes. Is there anything that from your vantage point with Arkansas is like, okay, this isn't going well for them. This isn't one of their nights. 
Yeah, I, I think when Arkansas builds up an early double-digit lead, you start to worry about them. It's 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 crazy what we've seen with this team. Oh, this uh, is going to be fun, guys. <laughs> it's it's it's, it's um, I'm telling you, the the similarities are unreal. But it's happened so many times with this team, especially on the road. Uh, you know, I, I think back to games at Baylor, at Alabama. I mean, those are really good teams that Arkansas has faced throughout the course of the season, and they've been in control in the second half. You know, up by eight at Baylor, they were up by. Uh, double digits at Alabama and then it just falls apart and, and it you know it kind of comes down to uh, you know the second half not being able to string together stops but it's more about offense with this team uh, where the things that were working early aren't working late and they do struggle to make threes teams pack it in on them and kind of close down those driving lanes uh, and then again you know when you're reliant on getting to the free throw line and then you're not converting, that's that's a big problem. And so this young team has really struggled to execute down the stretch uh, and close out games the right way. We thought they got over the hump at the SEC tournament, uh, closing out that game against Auburn. That's an NCAA tournament team. But then they turned around the next night against Texas A&M. They were up 13 at halftime, blew that lead, and lost by six and got sent home. Yeah, so a team that uh, can't hold double-digit leads and one who plays well when they're down double digits, only when they're down double digits. That's uh, that's going to be a, a fun matchup. Uh, before I let you go, Curtis, uh, any role players that, that Illinois fans should know going into this one? Because obviously I think most people who have any idea of the NBA draft know, know the stars on this team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Nick Smith and Anthony Black, those are those are definitely the, the two stars there. But Arkansas does have some role players that have been really good for them this season. I think the guy that, that immediately stands out is, is Devontae Devo Davis. Uh, junior wing, you know, he's a guy that's been part of both of those elite eight runs for Arkansas. Uh, he's one of two returners on, on the roster, actually, who has that experience. Uh, the lockdown perimeter fender for the Razorbacks, he's been instrumental for what they've done on the, on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, and then he's really emerged as a three-point shooter. It's crazy. You know, going into Christmas break, uh, he was something like 18%. Uh, from the three-point line, but he shot over 40% on high volume from three in SEC play. So a guy who's really, really turned it around. Uh, so, you know, lockdown perimeter defender uh, and a knockdown shooter for a team that kind of struggles with consistency with with, with three-point shooting. So I would point to Devo Davis. Uh, and then the other guy who's really an X factor is Jordan Walsh. You know, he, he's a freshman, five-star McDonald's All-American in that same mold as Nick Smith and Anthony Black, but a little bit less heralded. Uh, when he's on, Arkansas is really, really hard to beat. He's 6'7", 6'8". He's got a wingspan over seven feet. He's disruptive defensively, but it's all about how aggressive he gets on the glass and on the offensive end of the floor. He's a guy that can sp space it out a little bit and knock down a three, uh, or he can put it on the deck and use his athleticism to really score points for the Razorbacks when he's rolling, the hogs are rolling. So those are two guys I definitely would like to point out. Uh, before I let you go, Curtis, uh, I assume you covered Brett Bielema? Did cover a little bit of Brett Bielema, yes. All right, what, what do you what do you make of what he's doing here, and, and what's your best Bielema story if you got one? Oh man, no, it's it's <laughs> you know the thing. There's there's never a dull moment, you know, when it when it comes to Brett. Uh, you know, he's a lot of fun to cover. Obviously, I'm mostly a basketball guy, yeah. so uh, you know the the football stuff. Actually, I, I think he really got along with everybody in the media. It was awesome. Um, you know, a funny guy, a big personality. I think it's really cool, you know, what he's been able to do at, at Illinois and kind of get those guys turned around. You know, Barry Lunny is obviously a guy that, that we really appreciate in Arkansas as well. So there's a lot of connections there. Uh, so I'm impressed. It doesn't surprise me that he's doing it the way that he's doing it. Um, hopefully he can, he can continue, you know, continue to roll with it there a little bit. But, yeah, there was there was never a dull moment uh, with Brett. And, you know, I, I enjoyed him while he was yeah. here for sure personally. 
Well, Curtis, thanks for doing this, especially your so last minute, man. I owe you beer uh, out in Des Moines. Uh, I like if, you it. Got, if you guys need anything, let me know. All right. Hey, that sounds great. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. All right. Great stuff from, from Curtis. What stood out there, Piper? Sounds very similar, right? <laughs> it's just the only thing is like it's the mirror image, except for like Arkansas is going to start and storm out to a 10, 15 point <laughs> lead, and then they're going to find a way to blow it. And then we're going to get to. What I've been writing about recently is Illinois late game offensive execution. You're going to have two teams that will try to pass the ball back and forth to each other and see who wants to close the game and a lot of talent. That's going to be really exciting too. When you think about obviously throw in Illinois stars and Shannon and Meyer and Hawkins, and you hope for Illinois standpoint that some of the experience of Meyer going to the title game, Shannon being in the sweet 16 can help with a team like Arkansas who who isn't really going to, have a ton of that. He mentioned uh, Davis, the, the guard that was part of one of those elite eight teams. Um, but for the most part, this is a lot of new guys uh, there at Arkansas. Yeah. So um, very, very intriguing matchup, an interesting one. But athleticism, getting to the rim, can either team shoot the three? And if not, what's that going to look like? This could be a Dane Danger game if they don't shoot well from three, though, Derek. Um, if they're going to play drop coverage, I mean, Nick Smith, Anthony Black, you, you wonder about that. But um, uh, he, he could make a big impact on this game. I mean, Illinois does defend two-point shots really well. Um, so it's not Penn State you're going up against here. It's a different kind of team. You're going to need Matthew Meyer. Um, Matthew Meyer's got to make some threes. Your star's got to show up. Um, the same thing we've been talking about all year, Joey, really, right? Like it's, if, if you want to advance in the NCAA tournament, your two studs, they need to be good together. And that's for either of these games, whether it's Arkansas or Kansas, those guys have to play like NBA players. Yeah. And Brad Underwood has talked about going out and, and getting these guys because they're guys who can, you talk about it again today. They're isolate the guys who in isolation can get their own look back at, you know, last year's team didn't have that much of that. And that, that's what we thought like, okay, if Illinois has that, then we'll see what that, looks like um I, another interesting aspect of this guys and, and i don't think i'm too far off with arkansas on this is and i know you and i the three of us have talked about just like i think the tight roping that brad underwood walked when building this roster finding the balance between reliance on freshmen finding the balance between incorporating transfers arkansas seems kind of similar except that it seems like they've collected every five-star recruit under the sun uh, but it, it feels like both uh, Underwood and and Eric Musselman kind of walked a similar line of of getting some of those talented freshmen and blending them together, and, and it's a hard thing to do. Uh, yeah. It seems like they're both like that's just another maybe a little parallel between the two. Well, Derek and I would imagine uh, I'm looking at the lineup here. Terrence Shannon draws Anthony Black, six seven, one eighty five uh, or one ninety eight. Sorry, freshman Devonte Davis, six four, one eighty five. Nick Smith, six five, one eighty five. Jordan Walsh, 6'7", 205. Makai Mitchell, 6'9", 230. Uh, I know he's back. I don't see this as a big Jade Epps game, given the size and, and length that Arkansas has at guard. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, especially defensively when you think about right. what they could do to him, attacking him downhill, shooting over him. The one thing on the flip side is if Arkansas is going to turn you over at a pretty good rate, and I think that as you look at Kim Palm on their – or the turnover percentage, 64th, it's nothing crazy, but uh, they have the athleticism to get into you and play some pressure defense. And without the sure-handed ball handling, if you're putting it in Shannon's hands, and we saw at Purdue how uh, that was an issue, and uh, can Ty Rogers be effective in that situation? So it's kind of the balance of do we want – and we'll see what version of Jaden Epps is prepared to play on Thursday. I know the 
Brad talked today. It was, he wasn't all that ready to go against Penn State, but they wanted to get him some minutes and just see what he could do. But now having some practice under his belt, do you go more towards the the ball handling and, and think about the offensive end to not turn it over to get some to run some stuff through a, a point guard, so to speak, or do you worry about Nick Smith having that size advantage on him? Would you try to see more of Ty Rogers as a lead guard guarding him and? Yeah, I think that's also a good point about Dane Danger because if they're he's by far to... the thickest guy on the court. Uh, their their biggest guy is 6'10", 240. Yes, and maybe I don't know if they double. I know that that length around the rim could uh, be an issue for him as well. And uh, as far as him at the defensive end, yeah, some high level guards maybe wanting to operate in ball screens if if Dane's yeah. going to sit there and drop. And uh, one thing I do like is that. I feel like this this reminds me a little bit of Texas, and there's probably another example too. When you don't have the the big time three point threats, I think Illinois has done a really good job of kind of playing almost that pack line and having the help yeah. defense like Meyer at the rim, Shannon at the rim, even if it's not their defensive assignment. We'll see if this defense on Illinois side can get back to looking like one of the better ones in the country because I know the the Torvik stats number one Illinois in general since February one, not very good, but defensively they're like. 97th and adjusted defensive efficiency during that period of time. They're going to have to lock down against a team that has a lot of talented players. We'll see if they can have an effective offense. Joey, any other thoughts on this matchup, on this draw? I got nothing. I got nothing. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, I, at this point, what else? Like, we've talked about this right. leaving where Chicago. Like, I don't know what else to say other than it is kind of hysterical to me that this is just, these are almost the same teams playing against each other. Like, the same story. Like, that is – yeah. It's a fun draw, but I don't know, man. I mean, you got to have your stars play like stars. Like someone asked us last time, Shannon and Matthew Meyer uh, played well together. You could say the second half of Northwestern would have been Michigan overtime. Game. Michigan overtime. But the reality, like you keep thinking, like there are moments that it's happening, and then it just doesn't really happen. Uh, so they need that. Like they need that. I don't, you know. Probably to beat Arkansas, anything beyond that they need. I don't know how much we've all watched Bulls basketball this year, but there's there's, there's been like a your turn, my turn. Like I never feel like Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan have figured out like when's it my turn, when's it your turn. Like it's always – it feels like they are taking turns rather than just being in the flow of an offense. Well, I think Coleman Hawkins just gets stuff within the flow of the offense, right? Um, I don't know, Derek. What, what do you think of that? Because it feels like it's ISO him, ISO him. It reminds me of the Bulls, Zach Levine and – and DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, especially in the last two games. And Myers forced up a handful of ill-advised shots, which they're they're ill-advised when they don't go in. Now, I, I think that fans would like to see him, I, I think in, in general, myself as well, get those within the flow of the offense, try to get downhill, and, and he just ends possessions with some tough pull-up jumpers that don't go in and they can break momentum or or whatever whatever – the way you look at it and especially in late game when you need to be able to execute and part of their issues of not being able to come up on some big key possessions is they, they force some tough threes. And uh, it does feel like that with Shannon and Meyer. I think part of it also is maybe, and we, we've kind of, you are who you are at this point. I don't know that Brad all of a sudden is going to dial up more sets than he has. Sometimes or, or it's awesome. it sounds like, sounds like he doesn't, he can't trust that they will run it because he's yeah. talked about they don't run the play like Coleman at the end of the game. That's true. I mean, and Brad has even tried to embrace and said, Hey, we got great isolation players. And it does seem sometimes where the offense does just 
bogged down and it's like Myers like I'm gonna take it until I miss maybe a couple in a row and then he's even said then I'll just go stand in the corner and Terrence can go do it so um that's it's probably it's probably their best offense uh when it works Derek but when it doesn't I, it's it's ugly I'm also yeah. wondering if do you think they unlocked anything in Chicago with Coleman posting up as often as he did because that was by far their most effective offense against Penn State you can't do that against everybody that's what but I, I wonder say, yeah. but I wonder if that Oh, I mean, I don't know if that probably doesn't play in against Arkansas, I'm sure. Well, well two things I've seen in the last couple games, um, well, maybe not Purdue because Matt was just chucking up threes, but started to see him attack off the dribble a little bit more. Derek, I want more of that. Get to the free throw line. I love when he and Shannon get free throw attempts. Shannon has to be aggressive uh, from the start. Uh, the, the numbers, I'm, I'm pulling them up here, guys. Uh, after the other day um, against – Penn State. I had to look up his splits in the first and second halves, and they are just ridiculous. The last eight games, Shannon in the first half, 29 points on eight for 32 shooting. That's 25% over a full game. That's 7.3 points per game. Second half, last eight games, 106 points. Again, compared to 29 in the first half, 30 of 56 shooting. That's 54%. That's 27 points per game. I don't understand it, Derek. Like I know they were trying to get Dane going last game, and it really was a good plan because he got good looks. If I'm Brad Underwood, I got to get Shannon going early downhill to the rim, get some fouls on some of these guys, get to the free throw and get some easy offense. So these slow starts don't keep happening. Your best player is a reason for some of these slow starts, but he's, he's all world in the second half and in overtime. Yeah. I can't really explain it. I think sometimes he does play too passive. And I, I think also Brad's got to be able to scheme that up. He's got to be able to have some looks yep. to, get Shannon going to his left hand and try to design the, the right plays. I mean, we see it. I'd say that Brad hasn't done that and they don't have that in their bag. You just got to try to make that a real point of emphasis because they're going to need that with your season on the line, with the talent that Arkansas is going to bring roll out there. And I mean, if Nick Smith shows up and, and has a type of game, and if they especially get into one of their fast starts as apparently is, is part of their DNA, Maybe you're down – you don't want to be down 15 at halftime no. and rely on another one of those furious comebacks. There's a chance you, you don't. So, yeah. Shannon can open up everything for a lot of other people. Like, if he's going downhill, all of a sudden you cheat off the corner, maybe Luke Goody gets a three, or uh, Dane Danger is able to, to get a dump-off pass, or Ty Rogers, even if Shannon can get to the rim, it's a miss, but Ty Rogers can put it back for a layup. It's a lot better that way when he's aggressive. And then also I was looking up – as far as Arkansas, they foul as much as really any team out there. They're 327th in free throw rate on defense. So if you put the pressure on them off the bounce, we know that Shannon's got the physicality. Rack up those fouls and get yeah. to the free throw line. 25 plus free throws I think would be a good recipe for Illinois. But I, I want Terrence Shannon to feel like he's the best player on the floor in the first five minutes. Like if he does that, he's got a killer instinct. Like we saw against UCLA and Texas in overtime and some of these games that he's got that instinct. I just want to have him to have it a, a little bit earlier uh, in games. I'll go through a couple comments here. Um, any any other thoughts, though, Joey, on the women? Getting the 11th seed. Um, yeah, I thought it would be higher. I thought it might be, but as you do, dove into their resume, they're 3-5 and five against quad one opponents, one great one against Iowa at home, and then you're 0-2 against quad twos. So they didn't have great wins. They were 41 in the net, so that lines up with 10-11 seed. I wouldn't have minded 11 seed if they weren't playing in the, the first four. Um, so I, yeah. 
I, I don't think they were helped a lot, and they had some struggles late in the season, like losing to Purdue um, hurt them here at home, and that's part of the reason Purdue probably got in the NCAA tournament too. So uh, I thought it was a tad lower than I thought. Yeah, not super – you know, it's not like the most egregious thing I think we've ever seen out of a bracket. Their non-conference wasn't good. Like the non-conference schedule was terrible. It, it was, yeah, they didn't play anybody. They yeah. didn't play anybody. Like they beat people, but they didn't play anybody. That was – come on, man, that was set up for when – Illinois women's basketball was terrible when Nancy Faye was here. Um, that that's like they outgrew their conf, their non-conference schedule pretty quickly this year, so that didn't help matters. Frankly, probably one of those wins over Rutgers got them in to this mm-hmm. whole thing to begin with. They were on those that last four uh, list, but yeah, I, I don't think you would be too upset about an 11 seed if the play-in wasn't part of it. That's uh, just a, it's tough, right? It's it's a tough one, but by the same token. Notre Dame is there's some injuries going on there. They're a three seed. Uh, if you, you'd have to get there, right? You'd have to win two games to get there. But like the the bracket doesn't set up for like an immediate loss. Like you you could make a pretty convincing argument for this team to do a little bit of damage. And Shauna Green said Brent Shoup Hill. Uh, they're hopeful she will play uh, in the NCAA tournament. She was here today. Still the walking boot on. Uh, I'm guessing that's kind of the walking boot and the like to remind everybody around Vrenshu Pill to not go anywhere near her foot type of thing. But she, I mean, she, it's a big difference when she's able to go in there and she can rebound, she can stretch the floor. And you, you need your guards. I mean, they, they've got really talented guards, Makaira Cook, Genesis Bryant, Dahlia McKenzie. Uh, so I, I think you could see something uh, set up for a little bit, but it's, it's not going to be easy. And certainly that play-in game kind of puts an interesting wrinkle there. If they shoot well, they can win the first two games. Uh, no doubt yeah, about it. Yeah. Uh, when, when they shoot the lights out, I mean, they are – and Makaira Cook's a dynamic guard. That She's the best guard I've seen in Illinois women's basketball uniform since I've covered this. Um, so they have potential, but they just don't have a lot of size. And they don't have um, a lot of depth either, and right? Depth. And that's the thing. And I don't think we got to ask about Jayla Oden today. She's, she, we saw her. She still had the protective gear on her uh, finger. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, it sounds like maybe more optimism for Shoup Hill than Odin, but there's not a lot of depth there. But I, I think it, this is an interesting – like all year they've been kind of the plucky, like feel good, hey, look at them go, and, and they're winning games. And like this is all justified because this team – this program was atrocious uh, for the last six years and longer. But I think they maybe get a chance to shift that. Um, a little bit in, in this NCAA tournament and and go from the plucky underdog that everyone's just rooting to, you know, that, that's happy to be here to to making a little noise and making a statement and, and going, putting something together. I don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe nothing, right. uh, but the, the draw is not, I mean, it's not the most fearsome thing. Again, you're not seeing South Carolina. Yep. You're not seeing Indiana. You're not seeing Iowa. It's like grounds for backflips if you're Illinois. They made the NCAA tournament. It's it's miraculous. I, I wrote a column today about it. Go read it because I, I just can't any, – any adjective you want to throw at this, it's unbelievable what she did in one year. Just hit gold in the transfer portal with Bryant and Cook. Uh, Derek, I don't know if there's a metric yet, but Mike asks, what does Arkansas's booty ball efficiency numbers look like? It's a good question. If, if booty ball is wrong, I don't want to be right. <laughs> Jalen Pickett's awesome. I, I don't know. I don't know if they play any kind of booty ball. Uh, it's more so that high flying above the rim. Nick Smith, Ricky Council, if you haven't seen him, is a electric dunker as well. And there's a lot of, as you imagine, I mean, this that's been the formula of Arkansas here recently. And kind of to that point, I, I don't know. I think we were talking about it 
Like this is what Brad built this roster like for. Like because you thought about what a Big 12 team with big wings like Kansas last year or the Baji and Christian Brown or an SEC team that has just length and bouncy athletes and the ability can, to fly around all over the place. Can you imagine like Alfonso Plummer trying to guard some of these guys? No. no. Or I mean Grandison for Grandison. as good of a catch and shoot player as he was, not very athletic. Illinois definitely is more suited to play this Arkansas team and even like athletically matching up with Kansas if you were to win. Like Jalen Wilson, I mean, this, these teams have seen each other before. Uh, Kevin McCuller, obviously. Uh, Grady Dick, who's not a great athlete, but a, a very high-level player and shooter. This team is, at least in terms of the physical uh, makeup, yeah. is, is better suited for that. Of course, you'd like to see this team shoot the three better and have some other things clicking more uh, at this time of year that other teams in the past have. But uh, that's going to be interesting to see if that plays out and materializes because that's kind of what you built this for. Uh, Travis says, need Goody and RJ to shoot at a high level to have any chance. Uh, over under nine and a half points combined for Melendez and, and Goody. Over. Ooh. I think you feel pretty combined? good. Over. Yeah. Yeah. How many times have they done that? I mean, Goody, I guess, has done it pretty close uh he did it last game with that late three i believe and then he had eight the game before i mean they did it against an athletic team in houston last year i'll give them that two of the I, best ncaa tournament players on this team yeah <laughs> now, I, I do think that like the to have any chances where i get lost a little bit um i think you could still win this game if those two don't have 10 points combined if matthew meyer has five threes in this game i think you have a pretty good chance i mean i hate to, to boil it down to that but um your stars got to be stars. I think. Uh, I think extended run wise, though, at at some point you're going to need that that supporting cast around your stars. Like I, it will take Goody stepping up and making a couple, or uh, RJ making some plays, because there are going to be some teams with some defenders that will be able to give Matthew Meyer problems. If that if that's where you're going to draw the line of oh, you know, if there's a lockdown defender that does what you know, maybe Brandon Newman did to Terrence Shannon, if he if that something Meyer runs into, then all of a sudden, you know, this team could be in danger. Yeah, and probably need Jaden Epps at some point to have a run, right? Got to have him being a lead guard. That, that's I know we talked all about it after Penn State, but that's still my biggest concern about this team uh, going to the tournament is just not having that veteran lead guard that can make everything easier for everybody else, Derek, and maybe be that third scorer when, you know, Meyer might be an off game or Shannon might be an off game. Yeah, for sure. And I know that Joey brought up Coleman scoring against Penn State. I don't think he'll back down Arkansas or even be able to do that probably against Kansas. But just if he is more aggressive within the within the arc, I think that's important because maybe he can be your third guy. When he's on, we've seen that potential out of him. But, yeah, Epps, if he's able to get back to who he was really, I mean, early February, if, if the Jaden Epps that was there at Carver-Hawkeye Arena shows up, all of a sudden that's somebody that can really make an impact and be that third guy along with Shannon and Meyer. He's had the concussion, has had to throw him out of rhythm. Even before that, he was struggling. And I thought he's he struggled with settling for threes a little bit too much. But we'll see if he can get back into that mode. And one thing you at least can't use against him in the first round matchup is Arkansas's for for as talented as they are, guards don't have any more NCAA tournament experience than Epps does now it's something to be said different when you get to the second round and Dewan Harris is waiting for you because he was the point guard of the national title team last year yeah 
All right. Uh, we'll see you guys on I-80, uh, wherever you are. Joey Wagner, look out for him. Uh, he's going to be going to South Bend uh, all the way, maybe. Joey, we'll see you in Des Moines at some point. But I think for Atlanta fans, hopefully not, because uh, if you stay in South Bend, it means Illinois women's basketball sticking around a little longer. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, if I'm going to Des Moines, by talking Red Bull, man, because I'm going to be <laughs> cooking that stuff back. And there's that freak of nature burger waiting in Des Moines. What, what's I like the burger place say, Look out for him on the road because he can get a little feisty. Oh yeah, I get real mad. I should. <laughs> I'm going to level with you. I should. I should have been punched three, four, five times on the road at some point. Uh, anger issues. What, what's the burger place that, that you uh, said called, we got? It's to? called Zombie Burger. Uh, hopefully, somebody is familiar with Des Moines. But they, it's like the buns. Instead of buns, it's fried like mac and cheese, and they have mac and cheese on the burger, a low cost of a thousand calories. So, Jeremy, that's probably a month for you. I would suspect. <laughs> no, that's uh, that that sounds low for for that burger. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, there's probably any number of other issues associated with getting it, but man. What a dream! That's that's the first stop I'm going. I'll be late to the game. Yeah, if you got any food, you got any food brewery recommendations? Derek and I would would certainly enjoy it. And we hope to get uh, Joey with us in, in Des Moines. We'd like to stay for a little while. Uh, I'd still like to cover guys a second weekend of the tournament uh, because, especially this one, it'd be in Las Vegas. So oh, I c- I can't do that. that- <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I was just having to think if this was the Vegas region because. I'll be honest, I haven't been that optimistic that we'll be there to cover one in the second weekend, but yeah. Vegas, boys. Vegas. You're have to get one of those little, like, you can get one of those little like backpack leashes for me and Piper if, if this thing happens in Vegas. <laughs> well, Piper and I had fun in Vegas uh, one time this season, so I think we can have fun for yeah, a second time. Definitely. Start the season that way. Pray for, night, pray for night games. Man, remember at that point, Derek, top 10 team, can this team go to the Final Four? It'd be so this team if if they get through this weekend when nobody expects it. Um, but I do not expect it. I hope that's your column. So this team. <laughs> so I, hope, this I hope you go with that one. That's it. That's it. That's the column. Yeah. Des Moines. So this team. Shrug. We said everything else, right? <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening to the Line Inquirer podcast. Thanks to all our live YouTube listeners. We appreciate it. We'll maybe do one of these uh, out in Des Moines. Hit us up with those uh, food, brewery, wrecks. Maybe we'll meet up with some people uh, while we're out there. And uh, you got anything in South Bend? Uh, let Joey know. And then uh, maybe he'll join us in Des Moines at some point. But uh, thank you for listening to the Line Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. we got plenty of content this week coming up at IlliniInquirer.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. If you want to win your fantasy football league, it starts right now. The offseason is the best time to get ahead of the competition. We'll help you win your league on the Fantasy Football Today podcast, part of CBS Sports Podcast Network. Fantasy Football Today has three episodes every week following the latest news, giving you early rankings, early sleepers, breakouts, and busts. So if you're a dedicated fantasy football manager, check out the most dedicated podcast, Fantasy Football Today. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found.